Hi, this is Diva Cerebration, and I'm coming on today to talk about the recent, you know, uh, elections and the fact that the last female candidate, Elizabeth Warren, out of the six who ran for the Democratic bid, has stepped down from running for president. And it's something that I think affected a lot of people today. A lot of people who were hoping that she would, you know, continue on in the Democratic debates and continue on in trying to get elected. Um, she's had a, a surge twice during this Democratic debate and Democratic run for the um, choice of being the Democratic representative. She's had a surge of voters, a surge of support, a surge of a lot of people behind her, not just your everyday person, but also celebrities and groups. And each time she would uh, get on that debate stage and show that she would pummel our our current president in a debate and be able to, you know, speak to the issues quickly, concisely, with common sense, and without missing a beat. So her run has been a pretty good run, and a lot of people have seen her as definitely a potential president who could handle the job well on all levels, um, domestically here at home or overseas and enforce po foreign policy, as well as creating, you know, the groups like she's created um, to fight against corruption in the financial market, um, school loans, house loans, all the things that she's done, uh, stood up against Mitch McConnell in the Senate, which is why we got the um, statement, nevertheless, she persisted. Well, it was because he was angry because she persisted. She persisted to go for the right thing for women, to go for the right thing for um, minorities, and to, to stand up against the current system that is running the Senate, Congress, etc. now. So she's the one who sparked that, that statement. She's the person that that statement is attached to. And she was pretty persistent in this campaign. But she then, uh, last night or yesterday, uh, decided that she was going to stop her campaign, <clears throat> seeing it as, you know, a race now between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Excuse me, I was yawned. <laughs> but um, the, the media coverage and the response to this the next day has been overwhelming. I have seen a lot of articles, uh, as well as writing things myself, but uh, to my own response to this, it did bother me that we had six women who ran, and now they're all gone. And is that, you know, what, what does that say about America? when there are female leaders all over the world. Uh, many countries, many for many, many years, through my whole lifetime, I have seen female leaders in other countries and even before that. And, and these are countries that you would think would never 
have a female leader or promote a female um, leader in their country because there are some of these countries who have female leaders have very patriarchal societies where women uh, don't even have rights in the workplace, but yet they have come to the, the point where they have promoted and put in office female leaders, leaders of countries. And then you have many other countries who are, of course, what people don't like hearing, but are societally ahead of America because they've moved beyond uh, the patriarchal misogyny and they now have female presidents, female prime ministers, female leaders. Heck, UK's had a female leader for years and years, the queen. And people look up to her and see her as a leader and as, you know, a powerful person in government. So, uh, you know, we have had other countries who've had those leaders for years and years. Yet here, even though we have, you know, female leaders on a smaller scale, on a lower scale, I guess you could say, at um, lower, you know, congressional offices or even lower local offices, you see a lot more female leaders here in America, but just hasn't quite made it to the top leader yet. And we did surpass that a few years back with Barack Obama. We have uh, finally elected the first uh, uh, president of color. We finally did that. And I can tell you when I saw Barack Obama years before he even did that run for president, um, I went to a rally in Washington, D.C., when all of the things were happening in the Sudan, a bunch of us young kids <laughs> went up to Washington, D.C. to that rally to, you know, promote uh, not just America, but the world going in and helping the people in the Sudan who were just getting ruthlessly murdered and um, their government, their, their local people were just pretty much committing genocide against certain um you know, people in that country. So we wanted people to step in and stop it. And, um, you know, that country and, and there were other countries where that was happening as well, that we were trying to rally and get support for. And, uh, George Clooney, uh, hometown boy grew up in the same town I did. Um, he was there le leading that and Barack Obama was also there. Senator Barack Obama at the time, I believe. And he spoke at that rally, and I was so impressed by him, so impressed by his, you know, demeanor, so impressed by his character and integrity. You could see it from that day. And when I heard a few years later that he was running for president, I was all on board. He, I was very impressed by him, and I watched him from that point on after the rally, and I had, you know, researched when I found out he was running for president, I researched his background and everything that he had done and all the decisions he had made. And that's when I decided to go with, you know, uh, supporting uh, President Barack Obama. And turned out everybody else saw the same, same thing that I saw. But we have to remember, yes, he it was, um, you know, half white, half, half black, a mixed race man, first ever in office, but 
he's a man. And I think that that is an easier thing for people to choose who have been brought up in what I consider America being is a patriarchal society that is steeped in misogyny. And, you know, you, uh, uh, everyone in this country may think that they're not, but they are because their choices, each election show that. And what we're left with now are three white men over 70. I mean, have we advanced? It doesn't seem so. Because that's what we're left with in this election. Like it or not, everybody else got knocked out of the race. And the person that's currently in the um, office now is so far to the right and is so radical on some of the things that he says and thinks about that it it's it, it, it makes it even more... Um, compelling that we are going backwards rather than going forward. And I think we should be going forward. And when six women entered this democratic debate, I was so hopeful. Uh, You know, we had pretty much four years ago as the American people, as voters, we had voted in Hillary Clinton because all of our votes, the people who went to the voting polls the American citizens who stepped up and voted, those who did, which I wish more people would, because I think if everyone went and voted, everyone took their American right that was fought for and people died for to get you, um, particularly not just for white men, but women you know, died and fought to get the vote for women and um, people of color. Women died and fought to get you that vote as well. Remember that. And that is why you should get up every election, that any election that there is, and go vote to pay tribute for those people who gave you that right. And it does count. Because even though the system is a little screwed up right now, I don't think the Electoral College should exist anymore. I think they should just get rid of it. That's just my opinion. I'm sure it's a lot of people's opinion, but what it showed in the last election is over 3 million more people can vote for a candidate, but the few electoral college members, if they are steeped in misogyny, if they are steeped in a patriarchal upbringing that is ingrained into their brain, they will vote against a woman or they will vote against um, a person of color or whatever. And only a few people in the 2016 election, those who are in the Electoral College, got to choose who was going to be the president. We, the people, voted for Hillary Clinton. The Electoral College, by over three, 3 million voters, let me remind you, the Electoral College voted for the current president, which is why so many people are upset, because so many people did not vote for this president. So many people did not want this president. And I would even go as far as saying as the people who didn't go to the voting booth and didn't vote regretted it afterwards. I've talked to many people um, after it happened and things started kind of going downhill uh, who regretted voting for the current president and feel that they've made a mistake. So I think this election is going to see a big turnaround. We'll see.
<laughs> I did not think the current person that's in the office would have was going to be voted in. And obviously, most Americans, over 3 million more Americans who voted for Hillary Clinton didn't think that was going to happen either. And that's why everybody was so shocked when the Electoral College people decided to change that. So that just shows you that's a power position the Electoral College members have that they shouldn't have. Because they're not voting for the people. They're voting uh, what they think. And they're a small portion of people compared to the rest of the country. Over 3 million more people wanted somebody else. So that's something I think that should be changed and or abolished. But at this point, we're seeing that we did vote for a female president. This country, the people of this country, already voted for a woman to be president. And if the Electoral College was not in existence, it's an archaic thing that should be gotten rid of. It was put into place hundreds of years ago when probably it was needed in those times for those reasons. But it's no longer needed. But this country already voted for a woman to be president. It was already done. It's just that the system is screwed up and the way that it works. So it's not that we aren't voting for a woman. It's not that we couldn't have had a woman president. And who knows how many candidates have run in the past, women candidates, uh, people of color candidates, that this system has kept them from becoming or being, being put into office because of, you know, the Electoral College or however small local systems are run. Who knows how many people have lost their bid for a presidency or an, a local office or a Senate office or whatever because of some stupid rule within the election, you know, way, the way that elections are run. We may, there may be things we will never know about that a small group of people know about, but the the majority of the Americans will never know that people were kept from being in office because of something like an electoral college glitch that should have been ended hundreds of years ago. So we have voted for people of color. We have voted for women. We have voted for people who are disabled. We have voted for a um a lot of different kinds of people. So I think that this year, the because of the fear of the current administration and people wanting to get that administration out because it has not done its good, um, that everybody just keeps looking at electability, electability, electability. And they got afraid because they see that they're, in their minds, they see that in the last election, America didn't vote for women, when actually America did vote for a woman. And that's the thing that people forget. But because of that, then people started voting for the old white men who were running, even in the Democratic uh, ticket. So then they turn their back on a person who I think would have been a better choice, um, which is Elizabeth Warren. I think she would have been a much better choice. She has integrity, she has character, grit, and 
she's just an honest, good person. And she's done a lot for us already. And she hasn't even been the president by, you know, um, bringing about those uh, corruption groups against housing loans and school loans and, you know, just trying to hold those agencies and those, those groups and organizations accountable and making them accountable to the people that they took advantage of. Because there were a lot of home loans, a lot of school loans that are taking advantage of people even today and putting them in debt, keeping them from jobs because they have that debt, et cetera, et cetera. And she and other people, but she spearheaded it under President Barack Obama, created this organization to you know, go after those people who were corrupt and taking advantage of people for money and look what it did. I mean, you know, she brought it, she helped us come out of that. And she also predicted the housing crash and the financial crash in 2008. She predicted that she warned everybody about it. She is a finance lawyer from Harvard. She taught uh, at Harvard law. She's not a stupid person. She's a really smart cookie and she knows what she's talking about. But here's the problem. She's a woman. So when a woman is speaks that way and speaks on that level in, of intelligence and speaks on that level of, you know, assuredness and has that assertiveness, a lot of people look at her and they're like, yeah, right. Or, or they're, they can't handle the fact that she is that tough. She is that assured. She is that right. Because they've been taught their whole life in this country that women cannot hold offices. They've been taught that women cannot be leaders, that women cannot be that smart, that women don't know finances. They don't know how to handle their money, blah, 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 blah. What this society has steeped into our children and in generation after generation has taught them. But I think the thing that hit me the most today was um, there's there were a few articles that were brought up, but there was a, um, a sort of a small podcast that was posted, and I can't if it was PBS or one of the PBS um, pages where um, you know a mother did a article and a podcast where her daughter actually in the morning when they were having breakfast this morning actually asked her or some one of the mornings in, in these past few days actually asked her if it was against the rules for a woman to be a president. And I think that's really concerning. This is what our children are hearing. This is what our children are seeing. And, um, you know, her response was a good response. You know, she didn't know what to say. She didn't know what to tell her because really as a society, are we holding back uh, from ha having a woman present because we hold back women because we have, like I said before, we're steeped in this misogynist attitude that women can't do this. Women can't do that. Women can't be this. Women can't be that. They're not allowed to be strong. They're not allowed to be intelligent. They're not allowed to be leaders, which I would think in this day and age, that isn't the truth for people. I would think they would see and look around the world at women leaders 
and see that that's not so. But I've also noticed in this country that those women leaders in other countries are not held up as high. We don't talk about them very much. We don't talk about that history that there have been many women leaders all over the world for, you know, I would say going on 100 years now that it started 100 years ago when women leaders started coming up. It's not like this is a new thing that has been happening. You've got in um, Indira Gandhi, uh, Golda Meir, um, oh, the Prime Minister of um, uh, Margaret Thatcher. Uh, you have uh, Queen Elizabeth, who has been queen for many, many years. You have women leaders all over the world. And, and there's a woman leader in Norway. There's a woman leader in Germany. There's a woman leader in, I think, Denmark right now. These are They're all presidents and or prime ministers who are running the countries. And they're female. Those countries are ahead of us by leaps and bounds. So we need to remember that it's not that it isn't happening. It's just not happening here in America. And pe- it seems that we don't talk about those leaders around the world. We don't show those leaders to our daughters or, or to our sons and let them understand that it women can lead. Women can be leaders. And uh, one of the things that I said was uh, in response to this podcast um, is, you know, th- you know, this is what our children are hearing. And I said, no, no, it isn't against the rules for women to be leaders or for women to be presidents. It's just against a deep-seated misogyny steeped into every man and woman brought up in the patriarchal society we call America, especially after watching the Electoral College rip away America's decision to elect a female president by over 3 million votes. Yes, we the people already voted for a woman president four years ago. Don't forget that. Maybe someday, and I hope I see it before I leave this earth, actually, and I know I will, but maybe someday the whole world who has adopted female leaders, even countries where I thought that it could never happen, it could never happen. Maybe we we will see that, and maybe someday it will happen here. You know, uh, the other thing that I I, I said was maybe uh, this year we'll see a, a female vice president. Maybe someone will be smart enough to ask Elizabeth Warren to be a female vice president and we'll see a female vice president in the office of the, of the white house. I mean, that would be a step in the right direction or <laughs> wouldn't it be, wouldn't this be even better if Joe Biden does get the democratic ticket, if he reaches back and asks Hillary Clinton to be his vice president. I mean, she got the, the most votes ever in history for a president the most votes she got the most popular votes ever and she was a woman that would help your campaign right there reach back and ask hillary clinton to be your vice president (laughs) that would be amazing you know um you know we have uh two progressive we have a progressive uh, Bernie Sanders, and then we have Joe Biden, who leans more towards the um, leans a little more towards the right. Which I'm thinking, I don't think Bernie's going to make it this year again. I think people are just too afraid of change. I think he has positive change in mind, but I just think people are too. It's hard for people to to people resist change a lot, even if it's good change, because they're comfortable where they're at. 
And it's hard for people to step out of that comfort zone and move on to something that is better because they, they'd rather be in the, 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 the bad place that they know and they're familiar with than go into a new place that they're not sure of what's going to happen, even if it looks and, and is obviously going to be better, which I think that's part of why we don't have um, a female leader yet in this country, in a, in a higher office. I mean, we do have them in the Supreme Court. We do have them in the Senate. That is happening more and more over the past few years. But that's just recent. So, I don't know. It would be it would be a great thing to see a female vice president. But who knows? Maybe in four years, maybe in four years, we'll see a double ticket. Hillary Clinton and Elizabeth Warren. Now, I don't know who would be president, vice president. But maybe we'll see that, you know. Who knows? Or maybe we'll see two other females doing the same thing. But I do see it in the future. I see it in the near future, and I think we should speak it into being. And I think a lot of women need to check themselves and look at how they've been taught, what they've been taught, what their views are, and why they did not vote for a woman, why they haven't seen the viability of a female leader. You have to really start looking at yourself, ladies, and thinking about why you don't see females as being good leaders. It is what you have been taught not to do. You have been taught that a man is a better leader than a woman. And there's even been a couple articles out that have done surveys that say 90% of people, not just men, not just women, but 90% of people, that's nine out of 10 people, don't think a woman can be president. Don't think women can run countries. Don't think women can run companies. Don't think women can be leaders in churches, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When they did the research overall, and it's because of how we've been raised in this country to see things. We need to change that perspective, especially you ladies and men, you have to do it as well. When someone is qualified and comes into your office, if you are a hiring manager and that woman is more qualified than a man, guess what? Whether you are a man or a woman, you're going to hire that man, even if he's less qualified, because you see a man as a better prospect than a woman, because you've been taught that the little woman should stay home and shouldn't be working, that a little woman shouldn't be leading. That's what you've been taught. But you need to change that. You need to take that out of your brain and change that into the fact that you know that a woman can be a leader. You know that a woman can do a better job than a man many times, especially if they show they're more qualified. Just watched a a CBS This Morning uh, story about a woman who is in the baseball league now, and she is a batting trainer. And for years, she couldn't find a job. And you know what she had to do? She had to change her name on her resume. I've actually done this. And make it more masculine. Kind of shorten your name into a male name. So when your resume floats across somebody's desk, they think you're a man. And then you text with them or email with them so they don't talk to you on the phone and they won't know until you're in their office in the interview that you were a woman. The only thing they're going to see is how qualified you are on that resume. 
And you would not believe, uh, she said it in this interview that she actually got interviews, but then when they saw she was a woman, they wouldn't hire her. And she said she even had someone in the baseball league call her and say that he would hire her in a minute. But the problem was that she was a woman and the people in the baseball league could not accept a woman being a leader and coaching male athletes. Even though her techniques were innovative, they were good techniques. She played softball all her life. She knew what she was doing and they were good techniques. Nobody would hire her because she was a woman in a man's world. I mean, how backwards is that, that we still think that way? But eventually someone took a chance on her and it just happened to be a team who had already hired a woman at the top echelon. And that woman even came up in the interview and said, they're starting to realize that it's not about whether you're a man or a woman. It's about if you're qualified and what your brain does, if you can lead in sports whether it be all male sport or all female sport, they're starting to realize that. The funny thing is that men can work into in female sports, but women can't work in men's sports. That's not right. So they, they hired this woman. So that's something that you women need to look at. Why are you thinking that way? Men, you need to think, why are you thinking that way? And when someone comes into your office for an interview or someone comes in and wants a job or you're looking at a prospective candidate to elect, don't choose on whether they are a man or a woman. Look at who they are, what their qualifications are, what they're saying, and what they can do for this country. And you will vote for a woman, guaranteed. And I think if that had been done this time around, Elizabeth Warren would be the Democratic candidate. Just my two cents, but we need to look inside and decide what we're going to do and stop picking on gender, but pick on qualifications. This has been Diva Celebration. Hope this makes you think a little. Mm-hmm.